0: Greetings, listener. You are currently listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy and Andrew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs, our star... I guess we could call this the side project episode, since...
1: again i i think that it's i think it's fine i think this is something we should do we've never done it so i think it's a good idea that we do shows like once a year maybe or once every year and a half just because there's as we're learning there are a lot of insane shows out there
0: yes so and um we have a special guest with us for a reason we have a producer chris
1: i don't know how special he is he's definitely a guest and i love him he is our (laughs) producer
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Home <laughs>
1: of On
2: tonight, will Joe take the pills? Oh, God. Will Blair be in the pageant?
1: Stay tuned. <laughs> the answer is yes to both, yes, by the way. The
0: yes. <laughs> so um, what brought this one on is, is when... Uh, actually, this was in my back pocket for a while after we watched... Um, the film, uh, one of the things that landed on our top five very easily, which was the, um, the uh, the the God, I'm brain farting it. The Halloween uh, special,
1: Paulin Halloween,
0: uh, special. Paulin. There we go. Yeah, the Paulin Halloween special. And talking about your love of the variety show format.
1: I love variety show. At
0: first, I was going to do the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Oh. But. I decided to instead go with this one because this is known as the variety show that killed the variety show format. And someone was gracious enough to release all episodes on YouTube restored and remastered in 4K. Uh, (laughs) Why, I don't know. Uh, But that show is called Pink Lady, also known as Pink Lady and Jeff. Now, you've never heard of this, right?
1: This is my first time hearing about this. okay so so when you brought it to me and said this show was a variety show that killed the variety show format, um, I instantly wanted to see it and, and was also uh, upset that it killed the variety show format. so <laughs> uh,
0: the reason producer Chris definitely wants in on this is because it's disco and we actually own the Pink Lady English language disco album.
1: So uh, it's disco, but it was like in the 90s.
0: No, this was made in 1980.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: Um, so uh, the the they are still are huge in Japan, one of Japan's biggest musical acts ever, and they also had one American disco hit called "Kiss in the Dark." Um, it peaked at number 37 on the Billboard Top 100, and so that made Sid and Marty Croft think hey this is something marketable for america so they took the formula of the donnie and marie show and formed it around the members of pink lady um the problem is what my- was this again pink lady and jeff no 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 oh. no 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 We're oh. Not going there. no oh chris no uh. producer.
1: no producer chris bad bad baby
0: anyway um the members me um me and k my and k um they didn't speak any English at all, <laughs> and so when they were brought over to the United States to do this show, they could barely communicate, and that was one of the one of the many problems with the show uh the fact that they couldn't speak or understand English. They had to learn all the lyrics to their songs and all of the lines phonetically, and it shows. It absolutely shows. If there's anything positive I can say about this show, <laughs> uh, it it didn't, it didn't last very long. It didn't last very long. Yeah, it only lasted five episodes. <laughs> um, in fact, it's ranked at number 35 on TV Guide's 50 Worst Television Shows of All Time list.
2: Only 55? Oh, 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 no, 35. 35. Still. Yeah, so there
0: were shows worse That Well, yeah, Cop Rock, I'm sure, is number one. Uh, but, <laughs> I don't know
1: about that.
0: <laughs> uh, but this was also the starting point for um, a guy who would go on to have actually a very prolific career, Jim Varney.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: that I'm excited who, for. Yeah, so, I mean, he was one of the, the random... Uh, players on the show who would play different characters and whatnot. And then we have Jeff Altman. Uh Jeff Altman was a 70s stand-up comedian who really was, was like one of the ones where it was like Johnny Carson was like, We gotta we gotta we got room here for someone. Is anyone available? Alright, fine. Jeff throw just throw Jeff Altman in there. Jeff He's
1: on Altman. speed dial.
2: Yeah. Jeff Altman's what you get when you order Charles Groden off Wish okay good good description jeff altman's
0: big comedy um i guess you could say shtick yeah is he he did like this very grotesque impersonation of richard nixon which we'll see in one of the episodes we're watching and also would do this gag where it made himself look like he was hitting himself in the head on a seat okay that's his shtick
2: Okay. And Jeff Altman always looks like the look on his face, like even he's surprised he has a career. Yes. <laughs> um.
0: The um. The man went on to have um an okay career after this. I mean, he's appeared on other late night talk shows and everything. Uh, apparently, David Letterman and Jerry Seinfeld and Judd Apatow like the guy. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, he went on to just kind of like just have a, a meh career. Uh, so why they chose him to be the host. God only knows. God, yeah, God only knows because I, he was one of those type of people where if you didn't watch The Tonight Show regularly, you'd be like, who's this guy? Sure. <laughs> um, There is – this. I, I will let you know I've watched one of the two episodes already and – This is not aged well. Get ready for a lot of 1980 Asian stereotype jokes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Like the two episodes we're going to watch is we're, of course, going to watch the pilot episode. uh, Because that pretty much sums up the the, the vibe and the feel and the theme of the show. And then I can't remember what episode number it is, but we're going to watch the episode where the guest stars were Hugh Hefner. And the actor who played BJ on BJ and the Bear.
1: That, that's a that's a stellar that's a stellar run-up there.
0: Oh, and that's nothing. The musical guest was Cheap Trick. As a matter of fact, the musical guest in the pilot episode is Blondie.
1: I, th- I mean they got the they got guests, right? Yeah, they, they got they... guests.
0: Yeah, they they, they got guests. They definitely had guests. It's just that uh, I'm pretty sure the guests were like, okay, give me the paycheck and let me get out of here. Hugh Hefner, you'll see, looked like he was very uncomfortable doing this show. And just to kind of whet your appetite, Hugh Hefner sings on this show.
1: I'm looking now, episode four, and you aren't presenting me with this, which – Um, upsets me at some level. I might have to watch it regardless. Um, episode four has Lauren Green in it and, uh, Florence Henderson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm only subjecting us to two episodes because that's how painful Pink Lady is. It's, 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 it's painful. Um, I can't wait to hear your reaction to this. You'll see why this was the show that killed the variety show uh, idea. You definitely will. I think it stopped Sid and Marty Croft's career for a while until uh, DC Follies came around too.
1: (laughs) All right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to watch this. I love, listen, watching two episodes of the other show we're doing this month today um i was very quickly reminded about how poorly things age so i think i'm ready for it um i re- you know what's interesting about shows like this and about the cop rock is you know when i'm watching them i remember the stereotypes that were put in front of us in the in the 80s and the 90s um and i'm wondering if we have any of those today that are going to come back uh to to kind of haunt us a little bit. Mm, that's um, a good question. Because you know, it's immediately like Cop Rock is immediately like all the first scene of Cop Rock, the like like is a is a is a crack house bust. There isn't yeah, anything the, more nineties.
0: The Types are oozing galore in the in the very five first five minutes of that show.
1: Right, and it's you know, and it's um you know, it's very urban. Mm -hmm. all like the entire bust is just all black people, let alone the fact that we all know that, that, you know, it was, it was all meth, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it was all rural white America. That was the problem, but regardless, like, and I, and I, and then I was forced to think back like, yeah, that's, that's what we were shown.
0: That was the stereotype. Yeah.
1: After hour of, 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 you know, cop shows and whatever it was, that's what, so, so I think I'm ready for this. I think I can take it. (laughs) I'm desensitized now. Cop Rock has desensitized me.
0: And as I said, trust me, it's going to be all worth it for September and October. Believe me. So this is this is this is the this is the speed bump that we have to get through in order to get to the goods, basically. All right.
1: Well, I'm all ready righty. for it.
0: <laughs> all righty, gang. We're about to subject ourselves to some bad disco and uh, Asian phonetic speaking here. <laughs>
1: Pigeon accents and racism. Here we go.
0: Exactly. Yes. As 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 one of the jokes that um, one of the girls say in response to about someone being pretty. She goes, "Who are we? Chop tempura."
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Is George Papard in this anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> a lot of sukiyaki time.
0: That's, the, that's uh, what it is. Okay. Girls, Here we I go. Like- Here we go, folks. We'll be right back.
3: 私もできる口付けするよ甘くさらや
0: are back. Yeah. Where to begin with
1: this show?
3: I,
0: wow.
1: <laughs> I, I have so many mixed feelings right now.
0: There, I, 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 I have questions, concerns, comments, queries. Um. I think I, I think that show was a fever dream. I really do.
1: So, was that was it racist yes oh God, yes yes i mean
0: the fact that the whole entire set for the for the main part of the show looked like a house in japan with the sliding doors and everything
1: yeah it was it was racist
0: and every episode had to have a is he or is he not asian sumo wrestler interrupt out of nowhere
1: but my other question roy is is it good
0: I don't. I kind
1: of want to say yes.
0: Oh God, no! I don't know. I
1: kind of want to say yes, Roy. This is the first one I think we're gonna super disagree on. (laughs) Yeah, because this this for us was painful to watch, and
0: we actually watched them back to back. And I mean, I think for me the most painful part was Jeff.
1: Yeah, no, by far. What I want to say is, Pink Lady, right? Uh, what were their names? Kai and,
0: uh, me, uh, me, me and lay
1: me and lay were infinitely watchable they're, They They actually were charming.
0: They were charming. They could sing good, you know, They, they yeah,
1: they weren't over the top with like, you know, any dancing or anything. Um, uh, they, they, they had good comic timing. Like they were, they were infinitely charming. And then Jeff. Doing mm. the same bits in every single episode. And and about half of the it, it was it was it was refreshing and it made my heart feel good, but also hurt me infinitely that Jim Vardy was in this thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. I mean he honestly looked like he was like, Well, I gotta start somewhere. Yep,
1: I need the paycheck. So yeah. here we go.
0: That's exactly what he looked like through this whole thing. I mean, thank God he went on to do better things, but yeah, I, it's just, yeah, he looked like he was in pain, but no one looked more like they were in pain than Hugh Hefner.
1: Oh, Hugh Hefner was, yeah, yeah, he was, he was in a lot of pain doing this thing. Um, no, but, but any time it was just Pink Lady, I was drawn, I was instantly drawn to it. Like, I liked what was going on. Like, anytime they were doing a medley, um, even the even the really uncomfortable medley with BJ and the bear BJ. Oh
0: God, yes. Oh, Who thought I, that was a good idea.
1: I felt it was. I felt it was that those parts were watchable. They were infinite. Like I, I wanted to watch those parts. Mm. Anything that, and there were multiple. It, it is the the show is called Pink Lady and Jeff. There were multiple sketches that just didn't have Pink Lady in them. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like they were the, the the supposed
0: to be the main focus of the show, but they weren't. The main focus was Jeff and his unfunny comedy. I I never laughed once at anything that he did, and he was even doing some jokes. I mean, I was too young in 1980 to know if making jokes like that about Richard Nixon were still considered funny, but like. Things like the the routine that they were doing with the uh, tabloid stories, where uh, Richard Nixon joined the
1: Temptations. Yeah, any of those, any of those, uh, like things that they were doing. Any of those, like because they did them in, in each episode where it was like a weird, ta- like like the tabloid thing. And I can't, I can't I'm trying to remember the what they, was the other one. Radio, yeah, yeah,
0: the radio, yeah.
1: Any of those things were um, were not watchable.
0: And, and the same the same can be said about the um, the culture sales. But. No,
1: see, here's my problem with that that bit, which Saturday Night Saturday Night Live does really well. Mm-hmm. So here's what I think. I think that Jeff was a poor stand-in for Dan Aykroyd at the time, <laughs> because he really he, I I feel like that's but that bit the 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 i'm gonna sell stuff bit is one of my favorite bits of all time which is Mm -hmm. why i wrote you i hate this show so much because they had the opportunity now i want to know if that's the first time that bit was done on tv like the you know because snl went on to do it a shit ton i don't know if they ever did it
0: dan ashwood invented it with bassomatic he did
1: okay okay so, like, that bit is one of my favorite bits, and you, they had an opportunity to do it and do it well, and they blew it. Yeah. The only character that I kind of liked that Jeff did was the televangelist character. That I kind of liked.
0: Oh, you mean not Carl Perkins from Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom?
1: What was that? <laughs> Someone, someone explained to me what was going on there. I know, I know who, I, I know Mutual of Omaha. I used to watch Mutual of Omaha. I get it, you know, but like, what was that? Like, that was, that was bad. I'm going to
0: marry this
1: goldfish. Yeah, what? Come on, man. It was it's like, better. He, it's
0: like he was trying too hard to be funny. Um, it, it, I mean, uh, I, I didn't find anything
2: about Jeff Altman funny at all, Not, no. none whatsoever. The problem with his jokes were that a lot of his jokes that he did and characters that he did were holdovers from the Carol Burnett show because she did the whole wilderness thing on his show when she had John Biner on his on her show. And the whole Nixon thing when Nixon himself was on Laugh-In.
1: So, yeah, I mean, the bits were stale.
2: Yeah, very yeah.
0: still. Uh, that's why I can't understand why. Well, I mean, because like I said on the first part, David Letterman, Jerry Seinfeld, and Judd Apatow said that Jeff Altman is an inspiration for them. And I, I saw his stuff, and I'm like, really? Because,
2: yeah. I, I mean, if, when you watch it on YouTube and you see Jeff Altman's introductions.
0: Oh, God, those You can tell he's
2: really not happy with this show. But what's funny is that when you're watching the show, you could tell during the show. It just screams on his face. I'm just in this for the money. He was unhappy then. I don't think he, he wanted to even do it at that point.
1: He delivered a few, and I and I and I honestly believe that they were improv. Like I honestly believe they were off the cuff lines that were really good. I think the writing on the show was horrible. Well, what he
0: said Marty Croft, I mean.
1: And I think he came into this, and I think he came into this expecting better. Mm-hmm. And um, he was really let down. Um, I don't think that that's his venue. You yeah, know what I mean.
0: The only time I genuinely laughed, now that I think about it, was in the second episode that we watched when they had the guy from BJ and the Bear on there, and um, he made a mention about how difficult it is to work with the monkey. And me and Kay look at Jeff, and he's like, "No, don't, don't say anything." Right, I mean, that that was funny. I was like, okay, that worked. And but it wasn't because of Jeff's delivery that made it work. It was me and Kay staring at him. The way they looked at him is what made that joke work. Because they're funny. Yeah. Even because
1: though they, they have good they timing.
0: Really, yeah. Even though they really didn't know what they were saying because they had to learn all their lines phonetically and everything, you couldn't tell because they had good comic timing.
1: Yeah. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed their performance. Mm-hmm. I really did. Um, I enjoyed Jim Varney trying very much because I'm I'm a huge Jim Varney fan. So, you know, is it Jim Varney trying to bring something to the show? Um, Hugh Hefner, just sad Hugh Hefner. Um,
0: oh, I mean as if it wasn't enough that they were humiliating the poor guy with that routine about Richard Nixon, trying to get a job at Playboy. Um, and then also the, 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 routine about him, uh, quitting Playboy and giving the magazine to the preacher character. They go and have him sing on the
1: show. Chicago. Yeah.
0: Chicago, my kind of town. and, I The poor guy, I was like, when that when that moment happened, I went, oh, no. <laughs> I really felt bad for Hef at that point. Because you know that
2: he did not enjoy it. You could tell by the look on his face. You know what I just realized? Hmm. With this episode and the Cock Rock episode, mm-hmm. we have two Toy Story-esque references on both of these. Randy Newman and Jim Barney.
0: Yes, we do. Yes, there's we both do.
2: Really bad musicals.
0: <laughs> and you know, also looking back on this episode, I mean, this this tells you how young and naive I was back then. But looking at Sherman Hemsley, I was like, yeah, why didn't I tell he was gay back then? Uh, you know, I mean, because there's this one moment during the the really bad USO show sketch. Oh my god! Where the, Sherman Hemsley the, the gets women up and getting just drafted? yes. Uh, where Sherman Henley suddenly gets up and just queens out out oh, of yeah. nowhere <laughs> and with that moment and the moment where he's winning the Oscar, those two moments he just queens out, and I'm like, wow, yeah, um there it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i I don't know
1: like oh,
0: yeah then there was also that other uncomfortable sketch about um
1: well it was racist it was al jolson level almost
0: yeah. well yeah it really was i especially when they introduced pink lady for the very first time on american television to <laughs> sing boogie wonderland but the 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 beginning of boogie wonderland is sukiyaki
1: and well, oh. let's talk about the most racist sketch that they did which was we found a stand up comedian from Japan and we're going to bring him on the Johnny Carson oh, that, oh, show
0: yeah okay first of all was it me or did he look like Steve Harvey no he did 100% <laughs> oh that sketch was so uncomfortable to watch the i mean no i mean that whole thing was just i mean it was cute to see the actual commercial from from Japan with them uh, you know but yeah. Yeah, when they had that part come on, I was like – I was literally like – I was just squeaming so hard into a ball. I was just like, oh, oh, the whole time. With, with that and also the sketch of um, Jimmy Carter turning his presidential uh, address into a variety show with Charo and Bette Midler.
1: Yeah, that was a rough one. It wasn't – I don't think that was particularly like – racisty rough that was just i mean charo yeah okay but also it's charo that's her character <laughs> i don't know how to feel about that it just wasn't good i can tell you that
0: mm-hmm. and yeah and, and it's just oh man oh and then let's not forget hot tub time
1: oh no let's not forget hot tub time let's put these girls in bikinis and throw them mm-hmm. in a hot tub
0: yeah, It's like, you know what? Let, let's 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 make them, you know, little skimpy little Asian hotties in a hot tub who purposely want to take Jeff and his tuxedo into the hot tub and strip him naked and bathe him. I was like, that's that's when I texted you, like, what in the memoirs of a geisha is this shit?
1: Right. <laughs> that I mean, obviously, it was it was super racist and it was of a time when anti-Asian sentiment was through the roof. Hmm, Definitely. Um, When did gung ho come out? Um, The the mid eighties. Yeah. Like I remember living through that time, you Mm -hmm. know, and like it definitely was that way. And this show reflected that so hardcore, it was very uncomfortable to watch. But again, anytime that it was just them, it was absolutely watchable. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're very charming. They're good performers. Like, give me that. I don't need a sketch about, um, you know, the whole, the whole dance number, the, 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 the gas, the, the gas shortage dance number.
0: Oh God. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, that was,
2: oh man. Well, like I said back during the cop rock episode last time is that that was a TV show about musicals when musicals weren't being done. Case in point, by the time that Pink Lady and Jeff came along, variety shows had kind of been out. So when you gave someone a variety show, hey, here's a variety show. They're like, what? Okay, well, let's put these two pretty Asian girls together with the second-rate comedy act and let's just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, this is what you get. You get what you pay for. Well, the,
0: well, at the same time, this happened, like, right when the, I mean, it's the same thing that uh, happened with Xanadu and Can't Stop the Music. This was post-Disco is Dead uh, so, uh, yeah. incident that yeah. happened there. 1980.
2: You know? by, by 1980, Disco I mean, sucks, had already happened, and nobody was into Disco anymore. There's mm-hmm. not, you know, not anybody, any, any taste, so <clears> at the time, you know, Disco sucked, and you're trying to do this whole Disco thing during a post-Disco era. And it's it's not gonna work.
1: Yeah, but you got to see uh, BJ play a saxophone under a fake streetlight. That's true. That's
0: true. And let's talk about okay. First of all, we were can promi- we talk about
1: how many buttons his shirt doesn't have?
0: <laughs> we we were promised a performance by Cheap Trick in the third episode, and it never happened.
1: What happened to that? I don't. I'm
0: guessing. I'm I'm guessing that in order to release it, the Cheap Trick maybe sued. So they had to cut the thing. just out cut it them. out? I guess so, because that didn't happen. And then when Blondie performed on the first episode, it was a music video. They didn't even perform yeah. on the show. And I read, I found out that uh, Debbie Harry wanted nothing to do with this shit. And she was like, I am not appearing on this show. Here, I'll just film this, and you could use that instead. That's crazy. That says a lot when she says no to that, but will go on the Muppet show. <laughs> to to perform as a frog scout one way or another. That speaks volumes right
1: there. I'm just, listen, yeah. In order to, to course correct, they had to bring BJ in to sing two songs, which I didn't even know he had a music career. Neither I did know, I.
0: I even looked at Chris. I was like, he had a music career? Chris said, yeah, he had a music well, career. he did on Broadway. Yeah, that's right, on Broadway.
1: Yeah, I did not know that. And now then he's course- up here with a saxophone and a monkey and a shirt with not enough buttons on it. And he's being really uncomfortable <laughs> with Pink Lady singing a, a, singing a medley.
0: Yeah, you know, Bear had to come in out of nowhere. I was like, OK, there's BJ. Where's the bear? And then, of course, you know, here he came. Yeah. Would you recommend this show?
1: <sighs> it's, that's a tough. If you're a fan of variety shows, I recommend this show with that caveat. I am a fan of variety shows. You know that. It is one of my favorite formats.
0: And it is known as the variety show that killed the genre.
1: So if you're a fan of the of the, of the the genre, of variety shows, I would suggest that you watch this show. If you aren't, stay far, far away from it.
0: Because this is not going to be like the Paul Lynn Halloween special.
1: No. No. This no. is the opposite of that.
2: Yeah. Well, you realize, I don't know if you saw this online, but... There's actually not an official title to this show. It was called Pink Lady. It was called Pink Lady and Jeff. It was called the Pink Lady and Jeff Variety Hour, the Pink Lady and Jeff Variety Show, or Jeff with Pink Lady. They never really actually officially settled on a title. Explains so a they, lot. They just called yeah. the Pink Lady for the for the, the on the title card of the show because they were the main selling point. But the the studio officially never had an actual title for the show and yeah, that that answers a lot because yeah because yeah, it, it was they did not know how to market this yeah hey i
1: i see some executive going to going to japan seeing pink lady seeing how popular pink lady is deciding they wanted to import that to the u.s
0: mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> not understanding how to do it and then failing miserably
0: yeah that that said marty croft right there that that was then this was their brainchild so yeah um, and I remember, like I said, I, I said in the first one, they wanted to basically kind of do a Marie, a Donnie Marie Osmond show with this. And even at that at that point, that show had, even though it was still on the air, uh, it was still seen as passe as well.
2: So it was just a bad idea all around. Did you read about the, about Sid and Marty Cross' original concept for the show? No. The show is supposed to open up with a cart with a, a, a Chinese takeout container. Oh dear! Sitting on its side, the flaps opened up, and they're all performing inside the Chinese takeout container.
0: So it was going to be more racist.
2: Yes, the studio said, "Hell no, let's just give us Donnie and Marie." that's what that's what Cross wanted to do. They wanted to have it like a, a, an actual white and red Chinese, you know, takeout box. It opens up, and this whole thing takes place inside the takeout box.
0: Oh, my God. I would love
2: that. Oh, <laughs> God. I was all for that. Oh, my God. I mean, if you're going to go racist, go full tilt we'll boogie racist. None of this subtle shit. If you're going to make me hate you... There was nothing subtle about the racism, <laughs> racism in the show. You, in do you
1: was. think that they knew how racist it was no, at I any point? I don't think they did.
0: No, they had no idea what was going on. I don't think they really... I, I, I remember reading that they were frustrated that it took... Three episodes for them to finally perform one of their own songs.
1: UFO, yeah. Yeah, UFO, which is a fantastic song, by the way. Yeah, but apparently they couldn't perform
0: any of their other songs on the show. It had to be stuff that was American hits, and they were like, they they weren't happy with that. They also weren't happy with uh, being turned into characters. Uh, They weren't happy with uh, you know basically what made everything that made them famous in Japan they did not do on the show and they were not happy about that at all.
1: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, and I don't know if this is completely true, but I got to imagine that it had to have at least to some extent, like blown their chance for success in America.
0: You yeah. know? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Cause I mean, they did have one minor hit with kiss in the dark, but yeah, other than that, the, the, yeah, the only thing that they would be is like if you're playing Master Level Three Trivia Pursuit, and it comes up as a yeah, they come up as the answer to one of the entertainment questions. That's all they're going to be known for.
1: Yeah, which I is a know. shame, because they deserve a lot more. Again, I'm, I, they are charming to watch. I mm-hmm. enjoyed watching them. They 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 had good timing. They were charming. They worked well together, um, and. You know, this show did not do them justice. Which not I at think all. is the I, I think that's the biggest injustice that this show did, period.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they got a raw deal. They really got a raw deal. So, what is the movie you chose for me? Because I already announced it's Transformers, the animated movie, on the prior episode.
1: Yeah.
0: I, What's I, the one you chose for me?
1: So I'm not going to be able to thematically match Transformers. I'm not going to try. It'd be kind
0: of hard to do that, yeah.
1: I'm not going to try. But give me a sec here, because I wasn't prepared um, at all. So give me a second here. <laughs> Vamp for me, Roy. Vamp no for problem.
0: me. I mean, the, if, if, if it hadn't been for the fact we already did robot jocks, that would have, <laughs> that would have been with, a good one with Transformers. But we've already done that. And I I don't think Robotech the movies available anywhere online, anything. So we can't do that one.
1: Uh, Okay. So I was perusing as I do um, Amazon for mm -hmm. movies. And I came across a movie that I hope that we can do because it just looks fantastic. Okay. Okay. It's from 1971. Okay. There's a German movie. So I'm hoping that there is an English version. That's that's the only thing that's going to stop me. I haven't looked into it enough to know this for sure. Okay. And that movie is the vampire happening.
0: Oh, okay.
1: 1971. Um, and neither of us have seen this. No. Okay. It is. Described as a psychotronic psychosexual vampire movie from 1971. Swing 70s, baby.
0: Yeah, I see that it's included with Prime. Yes. Uh it's it says English subtitles. Is this a hammer horror movie?
1: It looks like it, but I don't think it is.
0: I'm gonna quickly check out Lightning here Let's see The Vampire Happening 1971. Is do, 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 yeah, it's in German. So hope so yeah, we'll have to if we watch if we watch it, it'll have to be with is, um, subtitles. So is this
1: is our first subtitle movie. I might have to switch it up because I don't know if we can take a subtitle movie.
0: Oh my god, the uh it is a horror comedy directed by Freddie Francis. The tagline for the movie was, they only bite at night.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks really, really right up our alley.
2: I'm sold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell, if we if we do it with subtitles, I mean, we got through pre-MUTOs. I mean... It, That's true. That had... That had that was in English with German subtitles, which makes no sense. I mean that us may- jump
1: on hold on. I'm gonna jump on Prime really quickly just to see if it um if it has dubs. Oh, I'm not signed in. God damn it. Look and see if it has dubs.
0: I'm actually right now on YouTube and taking a look right now. Okay, the version on YouTube is in English.
1: Okay, so there's an English version. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so but it's it looks like swinging seventies hammer meets psychosexual weird stuff. One of the tags on one of the tags on IMDb that I just saw says toe sucking. So we're in for a ride, I think. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I saw it, I was like, uh, an American heiress. Uh, inherits a, a a castle in Germany that turns out to be uh, owned by her her ancestral vampire family that not wakes up and like ravishes a village and it's 71 and it looks Hammer but it's not Hammer we're in I'm doing this
2: you
0: know it, it's it's a shame that I wouldn't have known about this in advance because you know, I just thought of what would have been the perfect pairing for this. <laughs> Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Oh
1: my God! See, (laughs) but I know. But I I want a soft launch. I want a soft launch October with this. Yeah, honestly,
0: honestly, this film because of what I've got planned. I don't like. I said I don't know yet what you got planned for Halloween. I've got something that just screams Halloween you get a bunch of buddies and watch this movie in your house while the trick or treaters come and you're just drinking and just laughing at the nepness Good. of the movie. Yeah. That's the movie I went with.
1: So, we're going to soft launch um we're going to soft launch this uh Halloween with with this uh, the vampire happening. We're going to get into the real meat and potatoes in October and I've got your October surprise already waiting for you. So, yes. And I, I
0: think we would be remorse. I mean, I, I forgot to mention this in the first episode, but I'll mention it here. On, on the day that we're recording this episode, uh, one of the one of the greats of um, Asian cinema and cult cinema has passed away from complications of COVID nineteen. I just wanted to say rest in peace to, to Sunny Chiba.
1: We now have to do at least Street
0: Fighter. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that this one because I would have then postponed what I have planned for Halloween and do this one instead, but it's not streaming anywhere anymore. Um, if you ever see a movie that he started in called Wolf guy, sit down. Oh yeah. I mean, love Wolf guy. Um, but yeah, at at one point we're going to have to do like a tribute episode and watch street fighter with him. Yeah. So for those who don't know who Sonny Chiba is, you've seen him. He is in the kill bill movies as Hori Hanzo, but prior to that, I, he's done a lot, a lot, a lot of action cinema, um, kung fu cinema, just a lot of he's cinema. He's a legend. He he's is a period. legend in Japan. So yeah, it's a, it's a legend. sad day in the world of cult cinema. It really yeah. is.
1: Sad day in the sad day in the world of uh, of kung fu martial arts cinema, cult cinema, Hong Kong cinema. You name uh, it.
0: I was going to say just a sad day in the world of Asian cinema period. Cause yeah, it's yeah, huge. He's absolutely huge.
1: Yeah. That, that one reverberated. I remember I had a friend kind of in college, a college adjacent that was a huge Hong Kong, like movie fan. He showed me my first John Woo, you know, the killers and, and, or the killer. And uh, what was the other one? The one, the other big one. I can't remember it now to save my life on laser disc. Um, the other Sunny Chiba, or not Sonny Chiba, Chow Yun-Fat. Uh,
0: oh, I know which one you're talking about, and I can't remember. Not Hard Target. I, I keep
1: wanting to say Hard Target, but that's the Jacques Van yeah,
0: that was um, his first English movie. But uh, he, we
1: watched all of the Street Fighter movies, like, in a night. Like, from, like, 5 o'clock until God knows when in the morning. We watched, like, five Street Fighter movies, and it was worth every damn second. <laughs> it's the fondest memories of Sonny Chiba that I can have, man. It's just, that's mm-hmm. sad.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's going to be missed. He was really good. I, I really was a big fan of, of Sonny Chiba. So I, w- I will say this. The minute Wolf guy is finally <laughs> available streaming somewhere, we're watching that shit because I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. It's a blast. It is so much fun
1: to watch. It really is. <laughs> all of the Chiba stuff was super inventive. It was the first time I ever saw like the, um, the x-ray shots of Mm -hmm. like when he punched somebody, it would flash to an x-ray with the bones breaking inside. Like just like everything that he did was, it was very schlocky. Yes. But also very inventive. And, and he's a, he left an indelible Mark on cult cinema that, that you can't, you can't, you'll never match it. It's impossible.
0: Well, like, uh, yeah, like in Wolf guy. I mean, he, um, he has his intestines fall out of the stomach, but he repairs himself by having them get sucked back in and then immediately has sex with a woman. Because that right. turned her on. Yeah, apparently. So, you know, I mean, it's just over-the-top shit like that in his films.
1: Yeah, it's 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 so great. It's so great. Uh all right, let's get out of here before Randy Newman kicks us out. He needs the studio. Boom, <laughs> it, oh, it's flying in under the gun. <laughs>
0: All right, gang. We will see you in September for two movies that have absolutely zero connection with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but this that, I, the only thing that it sounds like is that these are just going to be good old schlocky fun. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to, yeah. to watch both of these films. So, all right, gang. Talk to you all later. And.
3: sunshine, tears and rain, precious memories that years go by, Eyes of darkness, fear and pain, all the time that we had, when all that's left is a photograph, not one golden moment in the sun.